Hello friends, welcome back to the JMP. Today I'm having a conversation with Harry Hull, an awesome friend of mine from Bear Barbell Weightlifting. If you haven't already, make sure to hit the follow button on whatever platform you're using to enjoy this podcast, that way you never miss an episode. And follow me on Instagram at Joshua McGlamory to keep up with all that silly goose activities. And now friends, without further ado, here's my conversation with Harry Hull. What's up, man? Not much. Not <laughs> much, dude. How are we doing? We're good. All right. So it's live. You can say anything you want. You can go crazy. You can, okay. You know, Trump 2024. Oof. <laughs> we're, we're jumping. We're jumping to that. All right. Politics. Yeah, we it's said a, we said we we're gonna put our tinfoil hats on today. We could uh, jump straight in the political direction and do that if you want. <laughs> and just go right off the bat. People are like, turn it off. Turn it off. Yeah. Um. Speaking of politics, but not something so serious as the Orange Man, um, I recently finished listening to Shoe Dog. Okay. Per your recommendation. Yeah, which is Phil awesome. Knight. Give me some. Good book. I can't fist bump right now, but high fives it is. Um, really good book. And by the end of it, pretty much like his closing chapter, which one hit hard a lot on the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, I told so. you there was one. I told you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm driving for work in the middle of nowhere between here and Fredericksburg or something like that. And he starts discussing it. And I am like steamy eyed. Oh gosh. Yeah. I should not be behind the wheel right now listening to this. <laughs> but past that very emotional point when he started talking about entrepreneurship and innovation and the lack thereof in like the current state of the US, it made me think of and when did the book come out? Oh, that's a good question. Mid I wanna say two thousand ten? Like twenty ten. Around twenty ten, I think. Yeah, twenty ten, twenty eleven. So maybe it's already a decade old. Uh, let's see. 2016. So actually pretty recently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not even. And um, for it to be that relevant and on like a very successful CEO's radar then, was that seven-ish years ago, um, of how much the U.S. is like lacking in entrepreneurship and I think even patriotism and national mm-hmm. pride. Mm-hmm. Us having our tinfoil hats on in the gym made me think of wanting to ask you, do you think the current state of things is by intention or just purely incompetence at the level of those in power? I think that... Let's turn that bad boy in. Getting too small for us. I know, I am. There I'll you flip go. it around. Is it better that way? As long as it's kind of pointing up and towards your... Like this. Something like that. It keeps pouring away from you. All right. You're too buff for it. Let's see. That's even worse. That's all right. A for effort. My shirt just won't hold it. Your original idea might be the one to work. Is that good? I think so. I like it. We'll stick it there. All right. Um, No, I think the the current state of leadership in America, in entrepreneurs and politics, and I think it just comes down to a... Uh, lack of a strong foundation, uh, truthfully, and in terms of values. And I think that you can look at what is valued in society right now and look at the state of our leaders, and that's why you see it, see, see it in shambles. I think that the level of character of the people that we're, that we're electing, the level of character of people who 
are successful um, is certainly lacking, and that's that's why we're uh, that's why we have a generation of people who don't have any faith in institutions. That's why we have a generation of people who don't have faith in print media and in news media and and everything else. And quite honestly, it's a lack of trust due to a lack of uh, consistent uh, and trustworthy values, in my opinion. So. Someone is pretty tinfoil hat inclined. <clears throat> sometimes you're more moderate than I am, but sometimes that's pretty rational assessment yeah. of the current state of things. Yeah, no, I think when it comes to uh, tinfoil hat stuff, I uh, I probably fall more on the, there's a rationale behind everything mm-hmm. um, kind of side of things, but there, there's a few. There's still a few tinfoil conspiracies that I'll that, I, that we can certainly point okay. to. That give me some of your that. give me some of your favorite ones. You can ease into it. Okay, so some just some conspiracies right off the bat that I think are absolutely crazy. I'll just I'll just throw out the ones I don't believe in. Okay. Um, I I forget who I was talking to. It was a couple of years ago, and when I think about conspiracies, I think about you have to look at who benefits from the conspiracy. And if there's no one benefiting from the conspiracy, then I have to wonder, okay, where's the truth in this? Probably like, like there's no, no basis to it. Yeah, there's no merit. Right. Okay, so you have credentials for your conspiracy. Yeah, so my conspiracies okay. definitely have credentials for it. Um, <laughs> it's be right around a tenfold. So when someone tells me, oh, I think the coronavirus, uh, you know, is, it spread throughout Wuhan, China because of the 5G signal, the 5G towers that were, you know, put out, put out there. And I'm like, who benefits from that? Like, mm-hmm. first of all, look, look, science aside, right? Um, who who benefits from that, right? So I want to know. Sorry, um, I want to know who you're talking to that didn't even consider the lab. They're like, nope, no, 5G no. This towers. was this was like I think this was before <laughs> that was even like the, the main thing. Oh, okay. This was like day one, early 2020, uh, March 2020. Like, oh, it's the 5G signal. That, That's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it's spreading this virus around. Oke,y um, and you know that 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 one, that's one I don't believe the the u s didn't land on the moon conspiracy mm. I have it was uh, all a studio it, it was all a studio i'll I'll just go ahead and say uh my grandfather worked for NASA during the Apollo missions that's and was uh he was formerly a general in the Air Force and then went over to NASA. I have a photograph taken from the moon in my possession, autographed by Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins. The three men on the uh, Apollo 11 mission and it is way too high quality I'll put it that way mm-hmm. for it to have been faked in 1960 like I've seen 1960 Hollywood mm-hmm. and it is too high quality for that to, to, to be the case so I've ruled out that one mm-hmm. um, but some some conspiracies that I think do have merit I think you have to look at who had who gains power in a conspiracy and who gains money in okay. a conspiracy so Um, this is a sports one but like the the major league baseball in 2022 banned the analysis of baseballs that were used in games mm-hmm. by individual organizations meaning that they couldn't take the baseballs that were being used and carry out scientific analysis on them to measure like the weight of a baseball for example um, and what an independent analysis done by a group that had collected north of 200 baseballs at different baseball stadiums around the country a uh, different timing throughout the season came to the conclusion of is that there were three different types of baseballs that were used that year there was uh two from two different manufacturers and those were slightly heavier and then there was a lighter baseball that was used mm-hmm. and the lighter baseballs fly further when they come off the bat and those baseballs were utilized three times 
in three specific locations and instances. Those three locations were the All-Star break, mm-hmm. so at the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby, right? The postseason, when the most fans are watching, and then the third one, and it was very specific, was in Yankee Stadium. And so the conspiracy is that they were using these lighter baseballs in Yankee Stadium all throughout the season as the Yankees were had Aaron Judge, who was pushing for a home run record, right, mm-hmm. to draw more attention to the Yankees, to build up the Yankees, to bring back the Bronx Bombers, mm-hmm. to increase the popularity of the Yankees in 2022 so that the Major League Baseball made more money. So that's just an ex- as an example for conspiracy. Okay, good um, example. I look at who benefits from the conspiracy, and if there's a basis to that, then I think there's opportunity to find truth in it. I think so that's... That's kind of just like my that. example. Um, other ones that you know have come up in the last year uh, or last couple of years, uh, Alexi Nelvani. You know who he is? I'm not familiar. So Alexi Nelvani was one of the primary like, oppositions to um, Vladimir Putin in Russia. Okay. And was poisoned. Mm. Uh, he was on a. He ended up going to the hospital in Berlin, um, but they found basically a, a, a chemical associated with a specific type of poison. Um, you know, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but it's one that you certainly don't naturally ingest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since then he's come out and said uh, that, you know, it was absolutely the Kremlin. It was absolutely... Uh, oh, he survived Vladimir, the attack on He the survived it, oh, yeah. Wow. He was uh, actually... Um, ended up getting treated in a uh, Berlin hospital. It was mm-hmm. when he was on an airplane flying out of Russia, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, when this happened. So, like, okay... Who benefits from the primary opposition to the dictator of Russia? Obviously, the dictator of Russia, right? Mm-hmm. If, that, if that guy gets poisoned, you know, he, he has no opposition. Exactly. Then your opponent yeah. still, yeah. Exactly. In, in that case, yeah. So that, yeah, those are pretty clear standards to have as far as conspiracy theories go, I think. Mm-hmm. Who's going to benefit? How large is the benefit going to be? Who all is it going to affect? And so if something is so far-fetched that it, it couldn't possibly benefit or affect anybody, it's like, okay, then it's just kooky talk yeah okay that's kind of where that's kind of where where i'm getting at yeah okay what about you i'm a little too tinfoil hat yeah but you're inclined yeah. Hat guy. <laughs> see i feel like when i when we were talking to the gym mm-hmm. and i was getting a little a little tinfoil hat uh so yeah, do you remember the exact topic we were discussing because it was a good one i, I can't recall I you were either. going and um, i was like heck yeah <laughs> So I really wish for the sake I, I could remember what the topic I know. was. And that's when you uh, that's when I think you it probably first occurred to you, oh my gosh, Harry, guy who comes off maybe a little too rational sometimes, uh, has a tinfoil hat himself. Right. Yeah. So you know, I think it's just part of uh, everyone in our generation has a little bit of disbelief. Yeah. In institutions and governments and yeah. So even I uh, yeah, have have certainly swung toward towards that tinfoil hat end of the spectrum. But, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, the circumstances that we're in in our current generation to lead a pretty level-headed and grounded gentleman like yourself to be like, all right, something's up. But uh, this, I don't know, this current world we're in, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at look at the people making financially, uh, making millions of dollars off of policy decisions mm-hmm. that come out of our government. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a Fox News guy, but... Um, Okay, Nancy sure. Pelosi, you know, the Biden family, like all the all the income mm-hmm. that our current uh, leaders in policy making in America, those individuals are making millions of dollars off of this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you can look at a, 
an individual's net worth, you know, whether it's George Bush, Barack Obama, whoever. Mm -hmm. Left, right, blue, red, doesn't matter. Right. Like, yeah. how, do, how does your net worth start in the hundreds of thousands of dollars? Mm -hmm. And by the end of your political career, when your salary isn't that high in politics, mm -hmm. as paid by the government, and by the end of a president, presidency, for example, you're worth millions of dollars. Well, tens of millions of dollars in the case mm -hmm. of some of our presidents. Clearly, the office benefited you financially, and I'm not, I don't believe that humans are uh, innately good enough to not be swayed by personal gain along the way. So, yeah, which I'm inclined to agree with because unfortunately, it's, I mean, what's that one quote? Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. You get any position of power, and if it's just, at your beck and call, whatever desire you want is yours. Like, how's that not going to corrupt, you know, a human being? Right. And it's unfortunate to see that any of us would like to have those hypothetical scenarios in our head of like, if, well, if I was in that position, if I was sitting in that office, it wouldn't, you know, affect me so. But we'll never know until we're, you know, our butts are literally in those seats and our, and our feet are in their shoes. Um, but it is unfortunate, like you said. And that's a clear-cut example so if you want some of my tinfoil hat stuff that leans in that direction, yeah, like the Pelosi family, prime example of they're worth hundreds of million dollars, mm -hmm. millions of dollars, excuse me, of who knows what their net worth is. And as it was disclosed more and more of um, just all the trading they were doing in the market and how if you just followed their patterns, you'd be extremely successful as well. And it's like, okay, well, they're not, her husband's not a market guru, you mm -hmm. know? He's not a, a you know a, a trading wizard or anything like that. Like no, it's clearly insider information. Yep. It's um, you know shaking hands on the golf course behind closed doors. You know uh, you know private meetings, dinner parties, galas, what have you. Whatever people at the elite level do. Yeah. You know, um, look at that. That's already Tim Foy hat talk right there. Because I'm like, nah, they're just. But I mean, just because again, the poor decision making that our leaders. Are putting out there and that's affecting all of us as citizens like how can you not be a little suspicious it's like okay well they have you know ill wishes or maybe not even ill wishes towards the rest of us you know from you know from one person to another but maybe it's just a level of selfishness that we can't even comprehend that in turn affects all of us since they are the ones in power you know what i mean yeah and but I mean, I don't know. Where, where, do you, where do you think you see that see that most? That's a good question. I'd have to put like, and again, this is my perspective, so I don't apply it to anyone. And, and any anytime I do have conversations like this in private, people feel free to uh, to push back against me because, like I said, I'm a little bit you know too conspiratorially inclined. Okay. But uh, I think it's just like a broad umbrella that kind of encompasses everything. Um, whether it's you know laws being passed or being um um what's the word i'm looking for either passed or declined or whatever capitol yeah. hill you know um you know yeah. not being pushed through policy that gets implemented policy, thank you um whether from one party or another um whether it's anything happening in the financial sector anything in the private sector like it, i i'm just inclined to think that unfortunately i think it is intentional. Um, by whom? I'm not sure. By what party would be invested in the decline of the U.S., of its status as, I guess, how, you know, many folks would say for decades now, the leader of the free world. 
Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, but I do have a very large tinfoil hat on that is very tight when it comes to that stuff because the more the stuff that I read and, and listen to, whether it's podcasts or, or um, books coming out, it, it's all almost too well orchestrated to where it is just incompetence. That it is just coincidence, mm -hmm. you know? Like it has to be going to, it doesn't have to be, excuse me, just my personal opinion. It seems likely that it's going according to someone's schedule. Whose? I'm not sure. But to answer your question, I, I think it's a broad blanket over kind of everything right now. Yeah. And I don't know how or why. And I'm concerned. <laughs> but I often stress out about those concerns a little too much. I have too much of a zoomed out perspective. And um, people close to me, my brother-in-law, him and I are very close. He's uh, awesome. Uh, voice of reason is constantly reinforcing in me of like, okay, bring your perspective, bring your field of view back into at the local level. Worry about you, what you can control, the people you directly impact, the ones you associate with, yeah. hang out with, and just try to do your best because you're not going to solve the big, crazy global level problems, you know? Tell me that Joshua McGlamory for president 2040 absolutely not 2040 is not absolutely happening. not. I'm so con I'm so conspiratorial <clears throat> that like I'm even and I, this isn't to ruffle too many feathers, but I mean whatever. Of I almost this is your own podcast. You're allowed to ruffle some some feathers. <laughs> yeah, but respectfully, I guess. But good point. I, not to be a total. You know, I don't want to be the biggest asshole I can be just because I have a silly microphone and a connection to the internet. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um. No, I almost think like the position of president is in itself a proxy. It's a scapegoat. It's look over here, keep all your attention over here, you know, the masses, the people, while the real actions are taking place elsewhere. Again, like I said, behind closed doors, mm -hmm. between folks who we don't even know their names or titles, what their position, what positions they're in, what have you. Yeah. Um, so no. Well, I think I that think the position of president is uh is almost a facade right i know i know the individual who sits in the oval office has a degree of power has a degree of command i'm sure but quite often i'm just i mean look at the current state of things it's like is that person really calling the shots are there are, do they really have their hands at 10 and 2 on the steering wheel or uh or maybe are other folks kind of decision making you know what i mean yeah no i know what you're saying so i think if long you story short sorry no presidential campaign for this guy no no I'm, presidential i'm happy campaign. just Shooting the shit. <laughs> okay. No, I, I agree with you. I think if you look at the current president, I think that when you look at who is currently going around campaigning for him mm. uh, on his behalf right now, it is very clear who who I think is is running the the current current uh, office right now. So Governor Newsom, uh, <laughs> Kamala Harris, Governor Newsom, you name you name yeah. the Democratic Party as a whole. Real um, George Soros. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't help I was listening to something about that on the way to come hang out with you. So let me not pump too much of that <laughs> to our conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, I saw us, uh, an article that came out last week that uh, stated that Vladimir Putin, mm -hmm. going back to Russia again, Heck yeah. um, had suffered a heart attack and that uh, the Kremlin was using a double a body double mm. um, to still have him go meet with people and give press conferences and whatnot mm -hmm. um, while he was recovering. So it's to not give off that, you know, he was in any way in poor health or weak or, you know, that, that, that there was any, any sort of weakness in the current, current office. 
And I, you know, of course, the they came out and the Russian government came out and said, well, that's just crazy talk. That's a conspiracy. The It's just preposterous that we would use a body double. And I just, you know, I couldn't help but think, well, we know in our country we're not using a body double for the current president. Uh, he's fallen off of his bike a couple times. He's, uh, mm-hmm. he's stumbling he's downstairs. He's on stairs. You know, I don't, I don't mean to make light of uh, uh, someone's poor health, but I think it is safe to say <laughs> that we are not using a body double. You're making light of it respectfully. Yes. We are not hey. using a body double in this country. No, least, so. definitely not. Yeah. Maybe we could use one of those. Maybe body doubles are us. Be like, hey, our guy's got some bumps and bruises. Let's go ahead and let him recover something like that. <laughs> um, and it's funny touching on politics because it does, like, no matter what, I always want to have conversations with people where they feel comfortable and at ease to talk about anything. But something about the topic of politics always just makes people just tense up just a little bit, myself included, you know? I think so. I think it is no such one, a touchy subject. No one wants to offend anyone else in an era where everyone is so quick to get offended. And, you know, so what you're I saying, we need that. to offend more. No, Heck I, yeah. I think we need to get thicker skin for sure. Yeah, um, 100%. You know, it's funny, we're, uh, uh, you and I know each other through the gym. I would think that uh, that's a group of people who are, who are generally very thick skin, probably, just based on the mental battles that we fight day in, day out in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even, even within, you know, our, our gym, within Bear Barbell, like, I don't, I don't think that you would walk around and openly discuss, uh, you know, public policy with one another and where that, where you stand in the 2024 election. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it goes back to, the, you know, what are the three subjects you never uh, talk about? Religion, uh, politics, and money, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, no one, we dance around certain subjects because we don't want to offend each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in a, in a society or a group where we're a bunch of like-minded individuals who um, have, very similar goals and are all high achieving individuals um, because we don't want to offend one another. Yeah. To that degree. To that degree. Yeah. And I think it's just, we're the generation of lack of trust. We're also the generation of outrage and offense. Like we uh, jump. Hypersensitivity. Yeah. Hypersensitivity, um, microaggressions and uh, whatever the other piece, name another PC term Mm -hmm. to throw in there. Um, No one wants to feel triggered uh, or trigger someone else, you know, there's your, there's your PC term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and no, and that's all a good point. Cause like I said, even in an environment where it is thick skinned people, there's still some things where like lines don't cross where we don't openly just, you know, start walking around in between in, in the middle of the work. I'd be like, Hey, what's your view on public policy? You know? Cause like said, yeah. some topics are just, just too touchy. And it's but also the, so polarized. Like people have never had such different opinions from one another. Too. Yeah very divisive times and ideologies floating around all over the place mm-hmm. at like 100 miles an hour to where it's hard to grasp anything and it's funny how quickly it's funny in a, in a not haha way how quickly um, relationships and friendships can you know go their separate ways just from different views on something mm-hmm. like politics yeah so it's always best to you know approach those conversations delicately i think they do need to happen more like you said the the three you know topics on a pedestal of religion money and politics um i do think that those conversations need to happen a lot more, but approach, like I said, with um, an open mind, curiosity, um, understanding with one another. And this could be, you know, friends in a community like a gym or coworkers in the workplace or family members at, you know, the holiday season coming up at a family gathering, which that's always fun. You know, oh, I try not to be the crazy uncle at Thanksgiving dinner, 
with this simple hat talks but um <laughs> but yeah i've just always approached those conversations uh yeah with, a de- with some decorum right you know but aside from the touchy ones i want to go back to how awesome and impressive it is like you said your grandfather worked for nasa uh-huh and that you have so we'll make it i want to make it fun so you said the, the quality of the photo that you have of him and buzz and, and all you know the yeah. real deal yeah is it not a little tinfoil hatty of like how is the quality of the photograph so good back in the that decade um, when because it's from an original film so mm-hmm. i think the like i don't know a whole lot about photography truthfully we have a buddy but, who does we'll have to ask him um <laughs> yeah i guess they have an original film that has been uh printed into a photo mm-hmm. um in the film to you know print conversion is is still like relatively it's a still relatively modern process okay um even the film is original from the 60s that that is set mm-hmm. but um i think that yeah you can print a 1960s uh you know original film uh in higher quality today than you could have maybe in 1960 mm. and then you know i i don't you know you're you're asking no i like questions. it you're no you're a doctor <laughs> you're uh you're a doctor of our planet, and now you are a official uh, photography and videography uh, editor, engineer, well, I'm all that. Probably I'm just going to add a whole bunch of titles to your, to your resume. <laughs> That's a hell of a doctor of our planet. You mean geology? <laughs> yeah, yeah, geology. Uh, doctor. Of Earth planet. doctor. Earth doctor? No, my, my mother is the one who has a doctorate in the paleontology and a undergrad in geology. She's the, she's the doctor. Gotcha, my fair She is doctor whole. I will never claim claim that title. gotcha respectfully and i apologize yeah no but uh, <laughs> doctor of the earth hey that's that's quite a you can make it a real woo-woo title or add it to your resume yeah but um sorry just goofing off going okay so because the reddit nerds would like really like us you know they'd be like wow is the quality so good if this you know photograph was taken decades ago blah, 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 blah. disregarding them but pertaining to the moon so one, I'm glad that you agree that like I don't think the you know lunar landing was a hoax. I don't think it was filmed in a studio. So like, mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of scientific evidence and just I don't know awesome technological advancements to show that hey NASA did what they said they did. We've been up there, rock and roll. The dark side of the moon, mm-hmm. which seemingly is still a mystery to an average civilian mm-hmm. like myself. You got any insider information for me? I, I Are there transformers have, up there? I have no insider is op- information. Is Optimus Prime up there, guys? You know, as much as I, <laughs> as much as I've studied uh, geology, sedimentology, structural geology, geophysics, uh, planetary geology is not one of my expertises. So I fair enough. I cannot help you uh, on, on that one. That's real. One of those I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, yeah, I do not or recall. maybe I'm in on it, you know. And actually, uh, I'm just using that as a as a reason to deny. Damn. Plausible deniability. We'll figure out what's up there one way or another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to know what's on the dark side of the moon. Or just listen to the Pink Floyd album. That's always a goodie, too. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. You can do that one. I'm trying to think if there's any other lunar, lunar-related lunar albums that I can think of. But Off the top of my head, no. But that is a good one. Yeah. More pleasant tinfoil hat. Okay. Stuff that you subscribe to. And again, I do, I like, I need to start like wrapping my mind around that, that mentality is who does it benefit? Like make requirements for it. Cause if it's just willy nilly conspiracy theories all over the place, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And you're just going to be, you know, 
locking your home down like a fortress mm-hmm. and staring out your people mm-hmm. all day, freaking out at the world, you know? Um, well, it's not pleasant, but I, uh, it's one I've been thinking a lot about lately. Okay. Um, once I feel like cons- once your personal life is infe- affected in one way by a potential conspiracy, you, you go full in on it. And so, uh, you know, just for reference, my truck was stolen last week. Right. Yeah, and so unfortunate. the, uh, my, my most recent conspiracy, um, that, and actually I'll just, you know, give a preface to this. I ended up finding out from a couple coworkers at work who've had their uh, vehicles stolen within the last two years as well. Um, that they actually had their, their cars stolen while they were at the dealership getting fixed. Two separate instances of that. Mm. And then, you know, mine was stolen from the front of my uh, house in Houston. So I've started thinking, you know, that organized crime in Texas orchestrated by, you name it, the cartel, whomever, mm-hmm. is at a much higher level than we are aware of. I'm not, I'm, I mean, you know, they've infiltrated thinking, the car dealerships. I'm thinking like mafia, uh-huh. uh, you know, back in the Northeast, right? Yeah. But this is Texas. So it's the cartel, right? Yes. And our version of the mafia. Yeah, yeah. our version of the mafia down south. And uh, I'm thinking that they've infiltrated car dealerships, they've uh, infiltrated, you know, neighborhoods everywhere across south texas and uh yeah i'm 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 just i'm just completely all in on the fact right now that there is more people involved in organized crime in south texas than i was ever aware of i don't i'm sorry i don't i don't laugh at you i laugh with you because uh i'm inclined to agree with a lot of that well because we do know like not even south like all of texas arizona oklahoma um What's another state that has a big problem with it? Nevada. Um, but organized crime, that does pertain a lot to, you know, Mexico, Latin America, the cartels. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, what the bulk of our organized crime is associated with in this southern, southwest, southeast region of the U.S. Um, like it has been proven that like restaurants are a major front for organized crime um, in the state and in the region. Um, so I don't think it's far-fetched to think that it has to do with car dealerships. And then, well, because think about that, like especially your friend's example. You're at the dealer, your current vehicle outside gets stolen, and then you know it's like, hey, now you gotta buy a vehicle or something like that, or you gotta you know work with us and pay whatever it takes because now you got a major inconvenience. You don't have a vehicle. Right. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> I, I don't know how that happens at a car dealership. Right? Like there must be a inside person who contacts whoever's gonna do the stealing of the car and says, like, hey, we just got a 2021 Ford F-250. You guys need a big, large truck for a smuggling job this upcoming week. Let's, you know, let's go grab, like, let's grab this one. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a good one for it. It's got the right tank size for whatever we need to smuggle, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, like, I think they're dialed, they're dialed in. Like, they are that <laughs> dialed in, dude. I've thought about this. I'm just, I'm, again, all in on the fact that, uh, that these organizations are, are, very logistically sound and uh you know running like a well-machined operation within our uh our state behind you know behind the the and and there's the there's i mean there's the police and there's uh organizations that are going after organized crime absolutely i'm not uh, trying to you know make light of any people who 
who serve in, in, in the police force or uh, in any investigative capacity in, in South Texas trying to prevent that. But I do have zero faith right now that the police are going to recover <laughs> my like car that. in the That's next 15 days. <laughs> like they will not recover my car in the next 15 days. No, so. highly unlikely. That was a very polite, respectful way to give them all due diligence and yeah. be like, but zero faith in them. I No, I, I have a lot of respect for those people. No, of course, you can serve. have respect and, and you know, entities and, 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 um, and just and organizations that have a purpose while also, can you? I think so. You can have respect for them and also have faith in their current capacity. I think so. It's like, hey, respect you as individuals who make up a, a body that has a job to do, mm-hmm. but... Your track record's not that good right now, so I also have zero faith in you know, yeah. your ability to, to produce results. And I think in the whole process, uh, the most, the, the moment where it occurred to me I was never going to get my truck back was when I was asked by the person taking my police report, is there any evidence of the crime? And I was like, aren't you supposed to send someone out? For that, like to, to, to do a quick look around at least, at the very least, right? And you know, yeah. they, ne- they never sent anyone out uh, to look at it. So the evidence of the crime was that my truck was gone. And that's what I told them, right? The truck like, was there. It's no longer there. Yeah. There you go. I was like, there's, I was like, no. Sorry, I don't have no, a ring or a nest camera no pointed right at it. glass and I don't have a, an air tag or whatever on my car to mm-hmm. track it. And no. I was like, there's, there, I was like, there's no evidence other than the fact that my car is gone. So, jeez. Is what it is, you know. I'm sorry, bro. That's yeah. That's unfortunate. It's, so, it's... so we have conspiracies in in you know DC or uh, in Moscow or in Wuhan, China, that are global ones. Yep. And then we have ones that impact us right here. So <laughs> those are the important ones. <laughs> Local ones, level, you got to focus on. Those are the ones I've. I've Bottom really, line, it's like I just want my damn truck back. Those are the ones I'm investing my energy probably a little too. That's much. fair. Respectfully. Some some friendly pushback. Is it possible of making conspiracies in your head because something is now directly impacted and affected you? A hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I think my my personal my personal level of security uh, and paranoia has probably <laughs> probably uh, yeah my, understandably my, so has changed in the last week. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. I think now you made me think. It's like has any time something gone awry for me that was outside of my control, but at the local level, where it's like nope, that's it. Like aliens are to blame you know or organized crime is infiltrated i don't know the freaking gas station that i stubbed my toe at walking mm-hmm. out or something like that you know they repaved the sidewalk highway or something higher excuse me something like that um but no it's also not out of the realm of possibility because yeah organized crime has like so much of our i have buddies in law enforcement right and they'll tell me stories every now and then just like oh you remember the the taqueria down the street you know just a little restaurant this time they go yeah, yeah and they're like oh yeah it was busted because they were helping launder like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month mm-hmm. for some cartel group. I was like, oh shit. Like you think it's just a, a taco joint. I'm like, no, it's it's, you know, a front for organized crime. Yeah. So I don't think it's again out of the realm of possibility for it to be car dealerships. Yeah. Imagine that it's like who were the Universal Toyota and it's like, oh no, they're laundering millions for yeah, you know, Sinaloa or something like that. You know, I think they're in California, not Texas. Who knows? Hey, they could be doing it there too. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, sorry about your truck guy. Oh, I mean, hey, I'm 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 just lucky to have another vehicle to drive in the meantime. So yeah, yeah, we're we're all good. It's just a truck. At the end of the day, it's just just an item. This is what I remind myself. It's just, uh, expression I used to use. Uh, my buddies and I had this conversation off and on recently. This and that, but like, I paid off my vehicle finally in full. It's all mine. This and that, right? And it's funny. 
it's like right after that, friends and family be like, oh, so you eyeballing a new vehicle? It's like, what? No, like I'm enjoying the privilege of not having monthly payments anymore. Mm. Um, but I think it's just a, such like a societal norm to like always be like looking after the new thing, the new purchase, you know, the new big shiny item. So in regards to the vehicle, I would use the expression like, hey, it's just a box on wheels. Yeah. And I remember one of my buddies, he goes, that's an interesting way to look at it. No, at the end of the day, it's, it's a box on wheels. Is it a major inconvenience? Is it unfair in life that it happened like yours got stolen or anytime someone's maybe gets damaged or, you know, or, or you breaks got, down? You just got dinged the other week, right? Yeah. Well, no, that was about a month or so ago now. A month ago? Yeah. <laughs> that, luckily, that situation resolved itself and I was driving around in a rental and all that. Again, like I said, major inconveniences, it, we want to just, you know, shout at the sky, but then it's also, okay, the glasses have full, we have means of having the vehicle, like it's going to be okay. We're still alive and kicking, you know, and it's easier said than done to have like, always a half, you know, glass half full perspective. I agree. And I think you, it's the better approach. You've taught me a lot of that. Anytime you're talking about stressful <laughs> situations and trying times like, hey, it's, it's, you know, glasses half full. Yeah. Right. I think that in order to get through any sort of adversity, a glass half full approach is, is the way forward. I mean, adversity can can bring you down or you can uh what's the phrase forge uh i'm blanking on the phrase but you can yeah you I think can, along the lines of rock bottom is a great foundation yeah exactly yeah exactly to build something so, to go back up um yeah i mean like the the hardest people are forging fire whatever the phrase yeah, is, right like it's a good one um so i think yeah you have to have the right mentality and moving forward and there's no point in being negative about it it is what it is like can't change it Right. So yeah. just accept what's upon you and uh, understand your blessings that you have along the way. So. And try to utilize it as yeah. fuel. Yeah, exactly. No, I like that. So speaking of blessings, that word sticks out. Um, combining the two, blessings and total tinfoil hat. Uh huh. Sometimes, <clears throat> and in the past, I have gotten a little untethered from day to day reality and um just kind of have like little, you know existential crises here and there no big deal of like is this whole thing you know is reality real is, is like a simulation is yeah that where you're going okay if i didn't want, i was trying to ease into it but he just cannonballed right into the pool oh god i listened to a simulation theory or we're in the loving trusting hands of our lord almighty um absolutely the latter for me okay um, <laughs> good but much healthier approach but i have enjoyed many a podcast okay uh, listening to the former okay um, and you know kind of the the nerdy geeked out science side of me that says like hey if we are able to i don't know there was some theory that was presented in one of them that was like if we are able to create a simulation of a life form then the statistical odds that we are a simulation go up to infinity or something like that. Mm, like, it's just very highly right. likely yeah, right. that and that was accomplished. And that that was accomplished and we are the product of that, right? Uh-huh. Um, no, I mean, I'm a born and raised Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance is a Baptist. I am absolutely a Christian and I fully uh, believe that uh, my Lord and Savior created this existence that we're in. So, But you do like but to I, comically entertain. I like to comically entertain. Okay. Well, yeah, but what great. about you? That's good. Having, I like the, that. Because I honestly, like, I don't even know where I would be mentally mm-hmm. if I truly believed that we were in a simulation. You'd probably be leaning a little closer to my direction. And <laughs> thankfully, you're not. <laughs> um, but that is awesome. Again, that's just another testament to your character of you have your tried and true foundation of 
believing in your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But you're also not so not open-minded to where you'll entertain these very entertaining thoughts. You're like, hey, it's, you know, I'll listen to it a little bit. I'll dabble in it, you know? Yeah. I'll give it a chuckle and this and that. But you still have your foundation that you do not waver from. It makes for so that's awesome. a good talk over a beer. Or, I think so. You know, over a coffee or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or barbecue. Or barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the holidays coming up. Yeah. You know, I think so. Oh, man. If I brought that up at the holidays. You should. Would, I don't know, man. No. I don't know. Fair enough. I think my family would think I've gone up to the deep end. <laughs> yeah, no more weightlifting for you and the tinfoil hat talks you're having there. Um, my, my thought process and approach towards those two larger than life ideas, literally larger than life, um, it wavers a lot. But the one constant I try to find in it is that I do think that whatever is going on, at the end of the day, it's all going to be okay. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. That's kind of what keeps me grounded. So, because my whole like youth up until uh, a handful of years ago, my whole life, it was, you know, God Almighty's got us. There's a divine plan. It is written. And, um, and we're just supposed to do our best while we're here, according to his word. Um, I've, strongly kind of deterred from that path and that ideology in the last uh, five, six, seven years. Um, but I always, I always give it its credit. I always give thanks for that as my, my baseline understanding of the world and in life and whatever this may be. Um, especially when it gets a little too crazy as far as like, is this a full on simulation? Is this a video game? And we're all just Grand Theft Auto characters walking around, yeah. <laughs> you know? Freaking out, trying our best. Um, so not to get too deep, but what is the foundation for your hope then? Like, what do you base your hope that it will be all okay? And if it's not okay, it's not the end. What is that based on? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I actually had this conversation recently with a, a good friend. That's a really good question, man. Kudos to you. Because I, the way I look at it, you know, I think that a belief in something bigger than oneself mm-hmm. is absolutely foundational mm-hmm. in in happiness, in uh, guiding you through the decisions you make in life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to hear you, you have very much a philosophy of it will be okay. There is a hope for you. You just said that basically mm-hmm. in, in different words. But but what is that hope? I guess is what I'm. What I'm asking. No, very, very well articulated. Um, I'm just, I'm having trouble articulating myself and, and forming those feelings and thoughts into words. Um, I guess as it pertains to the conversation I recently had with a friend, I personally, myself as an individual, know what it's like to be hopeless and to be so far down in the down um, that I would never want anyone else like if i had a superpower i wish the whole world never have to feel how horrible it is to feel that down mm-hmm. on like a you know global level but that's not reality you know right. can't push a button and, and wish for all that well-being for everybody um so i guess as an individual when it's like i sorry i'm trying i'm talking in circles trying to find the right words um the foundation my hope comes from comes from i know how bad feeling that bad feels so there's got to be something better than that. 
Mm-hmm. And no matter who, if it's, you know, a single divine entity, if it's all of us, ourselves as a collective universal force, whatever it is, there's no way it, us, we, whatever, want to feel that bad yeah. and want things to conclude that badly. So it has to be good. Whatever the, and the journey itself is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe whatever destination there may be, and there may not be one, but I, at the end of the day, it just has to be good. Yeah. I will, I will, my last breath, I will die fighting that it has to be good, whatever it is. I was half expecting you to say the, the ancient Greek Stoics, the, or the foundation, or, uh, I don't know, something like that. Some no. Sort of, some sort of deep philosophy that you've, you've uh, mentioned oh sorry i rambled on about it feels like one singular ideology or belief system or no i mean i'm really? just curious no yeah. well, I, pre- I appreciate it. that's a really good question that one i'm not gonna sleep at all tonight yeah, just think about that i'm just staring at the bit. ceiling like oh gosh what is the foundation for it but i think there's one thing you know? we can both agree on though and taking this full circle back to uh, tinfoil hats mm-hmm. is that we do not define our hope in our political institutions <laughs> and in those who are not at all uh, in in control Definitely of the institutions larger. bureaucracies and corporations in our lives mm-hmm. yeah. no 100% and that's a, a very good way to bring it full circle is uh you myself uh many others folks we're close to um whatever our strong foundation is in that there mm-hmm. is something larger than us out there um and that at the end it's all going to be okay is uh i think what i i know it is, and uh, it's what helps guide us on our daily lives and help us live better lives and be better people, yeah. whatever it is. And I'm glad for you. It's Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God Almighty. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I always commend and applaud friends and family who have that as a strong foundation because it's amazing. And, um, yeah, for anyone else out there who's, you know, navigating rough waters, find a foundation, whatever form it takes. Yeah. Find a solid belief foundation and knowing that you know it's all going to be good yeah no matter what and that way the tinfoil hat doesn't cut off too much circulation too tied up there on top of the noggin right <laughs> hey we talked yeah. we've talked about uh uh politics yeah we've talked now about our religion yeah yeah we're, we're just missing money out of the three uh <laughs> out of three no we'll get there <laughs> we'll definitely get there um we got golf balls to go hit though yeah let's go and hit food to go balls. eat man but i appreciate the conversation with you very much um there's always a seat for you and always time for you to come back and talk more because uh yeah you're a great conversationalist and an even better friend and i think above all that's what i'm grateful for it's for i did not think that we would hit it off so well and become as tight as we are but i am very grateful for it hey i'm i'm absolutely you know grateful for you as a friend as well i mean it's been a wild two and a half years in san antonio in terms of making friends through church, making friends through work, making friends at the gym. Um, and, you know, in those spheres of my life, you are uh, above all else, one of my best friends. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That means a lot, man. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate you. All right, let's go. Let's, all go right, some let's do it. Until next time, everybody, take care.